When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Worlds Collide, the wrestling card podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans. Featuring Tony Bella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. This is like a, a stock market. Like- and Zan Morning from Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, I'm just posing the question. Join them as they navigate the world of wrestling cards, helping you build a bigger and better collection and making some money along the way. What's up, wrestling fans? Worlds Collide back again, and it's been a long time since we've done a roundtable episode, and I'm going to call this a little bit of a tag team episode because we've got the sports card nobody crew who ran up to Tony <laughs> at the end of the National. I saw both of you guys on running up to Tony there, and I was like, hey, both of these guys would be great guests. Tony's already met them. We're going to turn it over to Shane. First off, introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going? Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Card Nobody. No, really, absolute pleasure to be on this. Really excited about this. I, I've talked about this a lot, how um, you know, I started my podcast, uh, re- collect all kinds of cards, and little by little, my eyes got opened to uh, to wrestling cards. And a big, big influence on that was this show, was the Worlds Collide. You know, at some point, I stumbled on this and said to myself, holy hell, there's like actually people who collect wrestling cards at, at a real level who are really knowledgeable about it. And kind of set off an emotion, the whole thing that I've, I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole. Um, what is so. with that? What's with that backdrop? <laughs> it's Team Shane. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's no, amazing. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. <laughs> I just saw that. What is that from? I don't know your Facebook page. <laughs> amazing. That's speaking a handsome. Of, that's a handsome nobody right there. Speaking of team nobody, we're going to kick it over to Justin, who you guys might know as uh, Suplexes and Slapshots yeah. on Instagram. Who, when I saw that handle, I was like, okay, this like I don't even like hockey, and I'm already interested in what this guy's got to post. So, welcome. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Honored to be here. Um, Shane got me into the wrestling cards. He turned me on to you guys like right away. That was like the first week. He said, you got to listen to this podcast, and I've been listening since. Thank but you guys hockey, both. Hockey you. and wrestling is my lanes. That's where I stick. And my question is going to intertwine both of those and kind of what Shane does too. But speaking of Shane, guests always start. We'll let you start first with whatever your question is for the group. Yeah, all right. So um, so the, the, the topic that I've really been wanting to chat about, and you two seem like the best folks to do that with, is uh, you know we're part of this this niche within a niche, right? You know the uh, the card collecting world, the hobby as it's called, is you know not really that big to begin with, and then we are really in the wrestling card lane. But one thing that's super, I don't know, interesting, whatever the word is, about wrestling card collectors or wrestling fans as a whole, is the sort of um, the stigmas and the stereotypes that we deal with as our niche within the niche. You know how how often people are talking about. Um, how smart we may or may not be or you know questioning the intelligence and um questioning the smells yeah the smells is a, <laughs> that's a, that's a really good good uh, example there uh but like really specifically too when prism came out that was obviously a huge moment for us for the wrestling card collectors and and the hobby as a whole and i was seeing all over on different social media platforms there'd be a big sale you take the ultimate warrior one, which was really one of the big, the first ones that really made ways at $15,000 or whatever it was that card sold for the one of one. Um, how many people who weren't wrestling co- collectors really pointing out how stupid we are and we don't know what we're doing and, and all these different sorts of derogatory stereotypes. And I don't know, I thought it was worth discussing what you, what you find gentlemen thought about that. Is that something that we should be addressing as a community is that something that just is is there truth to it i don't know what do you guys think and i think the calling names is just a you problem i don't know <laughs> yeah, says probably. Better. that's probably very true <laughs> uh, i'm an easy target uh i immediately want to get tony's thoughts because i know how often he has to deal with this kind of thing no 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 go right ahead Go right ahead. well <laughs> I, you're right i mean shane i think you're right but i think you could take it in so many different ways like 
the immediate thought is the, you know, people that were saying, well, how ignorant are these people, you know, these wrestling cards selling for this much, but yet these are the same people who will go out and flip Pokemon or Mm -hmm. ancillary sports that, you know, so it's like, they, they just want to pick this one thing to pick on because it's new. It's got the attention and they didn't, maybe they didn't get in on it at that time. So they're, of course, they're just going to say, oh, this is ignorant. This is stupid. But I think, I guess on the positive aspect to try to get our niche, our niche hobby back into kind of that mainstream as far as like, not maybe the dollars, I mean, maybe, but just the fact that, okay, yeah, wrestling cards are out there. They're an acceptable thing is the fact that if you, if you go out there and you look at some of these big sports cards accounts like they'll have a rock they'll talk about a steve austin they'll talk about a hogan Uh, they may not like as a whole be a wrestling car collector but in my opinion it's that one or two little pieces that kind of validates it to a bigger audience that they do have so i think that's a positive that could kind of get the stereotype off of us but i think wrestling as a whole is just it's so full of stereotypes because and you know you could say this for anything like people joked about at the national going up to the basement dwellers that have the yellowed binder pages selling their, you know, sixties tops, baseballs, you know, singles for whatever. And you could say the same thing with like Pokemon or magic, the gathering or these other, and I guess you can't say that about F1 because those guys are too snooty for us. You know, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, way right. too, too, too good to talk to those any Richards. of us. Yeah. So I a hundred percent agree with the stereotypes. And I think that that's why I want to get like, I know Tony me and Tony have talked about this. I feel like that's actually a more of a wrestling problem than it is within the hobby itself, because like, uh, and, and, but I think that could trickle in too, because then you get, you know, we're seeing a lot of new people into wrestling cards. So these same type of people who, again, me and Tony have talked about a lot, they go out and they buy a blaster and then they don't understand values and th- I could see, you know, kind of a problem, I guess, there with people who know what they're doing versus the people that don't maybe a little bit of a problem learning and adapting. And maybe we did see that actually, you know, I did, I think we did see that with a lot of the old time collectors that had been in this hobby for 30, 40 years. And all of a sudden we saw the prism explode and they don't understand that, Hey, parallels are more important than autographs short print of whatever is more important than a relic, you know, stuff like this. So just kind of thinking out loud. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because you know, like the, the sort of wrestling fan stereotypes and stigmas that we're talking about, you know, I I wonder if that helps or contributes a little bit to holding back the wrestling card market as a whole, you know, I don't know because we we talk a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, because if, if, First of all, if the wrestling fans don't collect wrestling cards, they're you know collecting belts and these things that we've that you two have talked about a lot, I mean, I which we've made fun of as well. Yeah, I think <laughs> one of you had like a tremendous tweet about it recently, which was great. Um, so if, if wrestling fans, first of all, are, are too slow to collect, and then and then you have these sort of stereotypes and stigmas that that um, sort of persist amongst the uh, the greater hobby and the greater mainstream, does that prevent wrestling and wrestling cards? from permeating more than just the legends than just the Hogan's and the rocks, you know, or, or a lot of the, the, the women wrestlers, right. You, it just seems like there's a lot of um, folks who want to collect the live Morgans and the Alexa blisses, but you know, not all the other cards and, you know, some of the more uh, recent wrestlers as well, outside of just the legends is it's interesting, I guess. Oh, my topic there, man. Mm, a little overlap <laughs> there. <laughs> well, I, again, I mean, you bring that up. I think that, there's enough of a fan base collecting wrestling cards since Panini and, and Upper Deck started putting stuff out this year that the I'll say like the groundswell has grown grown bigger, even though it maybe didn't penetrate the mainstream quite yet, like some of the other ancillary stuff. And I think there's enough like diehard modern collectors, whether it's super collectors or putting together, you know, sets of gold or certain parallel or relic sets, like however they're putting together new things. I think there's enough people that are just doing modern stuff to keep it going. And then whether those names kind of, you know, go above and beyond into the bigger hobby headline things, as far as sales, or maybe a Roman Reigns card Like we've seen one or two here. What if like the Roman Reigns card turns into like a Hogan, or maybe Mm. we see like Randy Orton start coming out, you know, bigger, like, I don't know, but I think, I think we have a big enough uh, foundation to build on of we'll just see how many like the more the more wrestling fans we get in here the better it's going to be it's just getting them in here right. you know yeah i completely agree with that i mean just 
very quickly as, as you know, I started to get into the wrestling card world. Um, once I realized what was out there, uh, you know, something that stood out to me that really continued to draw me in deeper was how awesome the community is. And when you start to meet other wrestling card collectors, other wrestling card fans, other wrestling fans, it just kind of gets yeah. that excitement going, you know, not just, you know, this idea of if we get more people, the money goes up. I, I mean, sure, I guess, although I, I like the fact that I can afford wrestling cards. So <laughs> I hope that always stays that way. But, you know, as the community gets bigger, you're hopefully meeting more people and having more conversations that are just awesome and fun, you know, stuff and like this that's happening. A hundred, that's a hundred, hundred percent happened with me. But the thing is like, I've seemed to build these relationships with sports card guys or wrestling card guys that you wouldn't mm. think are even wrestling fans. It's not been like, I, I haven't met the typical wrestling fan that we're talking about and over the course of just conversation with cards. It's been people that collect figures or sports cards, like I said, or, um, you know, maybe it's a lapsed wrestling fan that doesn't actually watch yeah. very much wrestling anymore, but is still like a diehard Hogan guy or a Ric Flair guy. And they can continue to live through those pieces of cardboard, even with modern sets. Yeah, I mean, we have a group conversation or, yeah. with a guy who doesn't collect wrestling whatsoever. And we send him the cards and he's amazed by him because he remembers the old cards. He likes the way they look, but he doesn't know anything about wrestling. He still likes the cards. There you yeah. go. That's a hundred percent true. Like we'll send stuff to him and, you know, and he's a big sports card collector, um, especially football. Josh Allen. Yep. Yeah. He's got one of the best Josh Allen rainbows I've ever seen uh, for the rated rookie optic stuff, but he'll definitely ask questions. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll ask for more information about that wrestler, about that card and the significance of the cards, you know, that we're collecting. So there, you know, the interest is always there. And, and I may have had this conversation with, with uh, Tony, when you were, um, when you were on my show a couple of weeks ago, but, I noticed that sort of same attitude when I was at the national, you know, I had my case and 50% of the case was all wrestling cards and 50% was more your traditional sports cards. Almost I don't 90% of the time when someone would open my case, I would tell them, Hey, the wrestling stuff is on the left there. They would look at it and I would get so many people who were interested in looking at it and asking questions, being surprised by some of the values, but they really only wanted to, to transact in the, in the right side of the case and the stick and ball sports as Tony puts it. But the interest was definitely there. There were so many people intrigued by by the Bret Hart cards that I had and, and you know, my finest collection and all the different things that I had in there. There was a lot of a lot of interest, but it didn't go beyond just those sort of um, curious questions. It's a nostalgia piece, though. That's what it is mm -hmm. for a lot of people. It's nostalgia. That's what wrestling has more than any other sport, more than any other type of hobby. Is it? It's the nostalgia aspect of it. It doesn't take you back to a game doesn't take you back to a moment sometimes it can take you back to a whole era and just mm -hmm. talk about i remember sitting in, at home on saturday mornings and watching my wrestling you know every single week and it just it takes you back to an era that's what's so unique and special about wrestling but oh, the collecting base the collecting base as a whole though is these are people who are wrestling fans uh, your typical wrestling fan doesn't collect cards as we always talked about know that so it's just and why it doesn't go beyond that wrestling in every aspect has this stigma attached to it, no matter what it is working with talent and hearing their stories about trying to cross over into something different. It's so much harder for them because it's like, hmm. you know, well, because you're a wrestler. So I don't want to hire you for this job, for this acting job. Like, you know, I, I, I don't like your business that well. Your business is very uh, shady kind of, and that kind of transcends across everything in wrestling. So it I, I can see why it's just kind of like this you got the stigma attached to it and there are stereotypes there yeah it's, it, it's funny it's funny how even you know how many times as wrestling fans we, we've heard the same stuff you know you know it's fake right yeah we know it's fake we understand that a lot of things are fake and it's fine you know game of thrones is fake Doesn't mean those cards awesome. those cards are blowing up you know stranger yep. things cards are blowing up yeah, stranger but... things big time yep and to kind of answer your question, I think the reason why people were looking at your sports cards to transact with and just interested in the wrestling is because they don't have a passion enough for wrestling to just say, I'll take that card, you know, not sure. because, because I, I mean, I've done that before. Like uh, I'm not afraid to set new comps. I'm not afraid to pay below above. Like if I see a card I want, I just go after it because mm -hmm. like either I believe in it and I think it's underpriced or I just think it's so awesome and I connect with it for some reason and I just take it. And as opposed to these guys are probably just going at it way more of a transactional mindset as instead right. of trying to actually connect with the cards. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's like what you just said, I think is very true too, though, about the traditional sports cards is that I can't believe that everybody is that passionate about Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and right. Joe Burrow. Right. But they see, and they know they're educated enough to understand that they can make money off those cards. So you get that regular transactional uh, mindset. Whereas with the wrestling cards, I think there's still so much ignorance and people don't realize that there is a market. If that's what they're after, if they're after the transactional um, aspect of it. I mean, if you get the right cards, you can absolutely make money off it. We saw wrestling do very well in the last, you know, couple months, you know, before it, it you know, turned down like a lot of things, but I mean, it's there. You can definitely make money if you, if you want to do the same work that you do in the sports card world. Thankfully, it's a lot lower of, a, of an initial investment. If that's yeah. what you want to do, which is as a collector is that appeals to me quite a bit. Tony, we're going to say something. Uh-uh. No, nope. I got, uh-uh. I got one more thing. It's interesting. <laughs> Come on. It's interesting that uh, me and Tony have talked about how much money wrestling fans spend. And again, Tony, you mm-hmm. see it firsthand at the shows and the talent you work yeah. with. But yet sometimes, uh, you know, I love the wrestling car community, but sometimes within dealing with them, um, they, they do, you know, they have a hard time paying 20 bucks for, for something. Whereas the uh, there, there have been some sports card guys that, um, kind of come out of the woodwork and they want my Hogan PMG or they want a rock gold that I have or something like that. And they'll, they'll throw me like a very high number that a wrestling card collector will probably never even think to spend that kind of money on. So there is another stereotype that goes with that and is kind of a drawback. So hmm. anything yeah. else on this topic that we haven't covered? I think we covered a lot of ground on that. <laughs> Tony, yeah, I feel be- like you're just wanting to like, <laughs> <laughs> tear into some tear just into somebody back yeah. and watching no yeah. i just i just sit, i'm just listening and uh, today i'm listening and i'm uh, <laughs> just trying to educate myself i i gotta listen more and speak less <laughs> oh boo it's such so mature come on uh, we're wrestling yeah. fans that's supposed to be mature yeah of course yeah, yeah. and burr all right, Joe. I, and, and, and here I am. I'm, I'm opening up a wrestling theme store, so like that. I got to deal with this crap all day, every day. <laughs> Maybe we're just getting you used to that. Then we're, we're presenting is. those things ahead of time for you, Justin. You're up with your topic. Yeah, I just you guys touched upon it. I don't know a couple weeks ago about like Randy, the Randy Orton episode, for example. Why why some cards are so expensive versus other legends, Hall of Famers, best of all times, are are, are underrated. Like. For example, a Randy Orton select ringside gold sold for $199. And then a Liv Morgan gold sold for $500. It wasn't even ringside. It was, I think, concourse, the base. Yeah, and I, I think just, it was a concourse. I just, yeah, I just don't understand the difference there. I mean, it's good for me because now I can go buy Randy Orton cards, you know, and sell my Liv Morgans for a premium. But, I mean, that's kind of why I collect Asuka. I have a huge Asuka collection because I love Asuka and I can afford Asuka. I love Becky Lynch. I can't afford Becky Lynch. Hmm. So I just, I just don't strange. understand, like, how the market goes that way. It's weird. We've talked about this before in the past. Yeah. Like, why why are certain people like we, we can all agree Randy Orton is 100 percent Hall of Famer. I mean, he's yeah. gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh absolutely. Wh- why is he just not being appreciated while he's still on the active roster? Uh whereas someone else who's uh, how should I put this? You know what? I don't care. I I, I, <laughs> go, I don't. yeah, just, just say go it. for it. Just go for it. Be Dexter Loomis, man. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Tits and ass always sell. Yeah. Okay. And that's just the yeah, way it is. Yeah. I mean, but within even that sector, there are certain women who will sell better than other women for whatever reason, because of their, their hot and blonde versus, or I like that whole like fiery redhead versus the typical brunette or something like that. That's always been the case. So there's always going to be that levels like that. But, you know, I thought we were kind of in this world now where, you know, back when Fleer had it still, it was always your Trish, your Stacy, mm-hmm. your China. Sure. Those were always your 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 best sellers, no matter what. They would outsell. They outsold The Rock. They outsold Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> they outsold every Undertaker, all that stuff back then. Um, but now we have guys. You know, there's Roman and Seth is coming up there, it's like that. But you got these other guys like you know AJ Styles. AJ Styles, and, yeah. and, yeah. big know, AJ Styles. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe it's because AJ's got. I don't know. He's so, I, I, I personally think he's overprinted. <laughs> be honest yeah. with you. I know, I know we have things that are numbered, but even going through like something stupid, like the old uh, top slam, uh, slam app. I mean, mm. every time you go to open up or do a roll the dice or spend some coins and open up a pack, you got almost always got an AJ styles card. Just styles. Always. Yeah. And it just, maybe he's just too common. I, I don't know. Um, I think some of these guys end up becoming more appreciated after they're retired and they're gone, but Oh, for sure. 
But then the case can be made like, okay, well, how come, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude aren't getting the same kind right, of love? And right. even Savage to a le certain level, I think should be a much higher level than he is. I mean, he should be up there next to, you know, the Hogan's and the Andre's and the Flair's like yeah. that, I think. But maybe that's a personal opinion. I don't know. Well, but even but he, like HBK and Bret Hart, I mean, they don't fetch as much as you would think no. compared to Hogan and, and Rock and, and all that. Nope. Or even some of the women you mentioned. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. Th I, think, I think you go... And even if that's a couple hundred bucks for a certain, you know, uh, uh, Randy Orton card right now, I think it's long, in the long run, it's going to be well worth it. So you're going to be like a smart investor because he's so undervalued right now. Oh, yeah. You buy them all up now because God forbid the day you live long enough to see someone like him pass away or something like mm -hmm. that or whatever happened. I mean, you're, you're making money off that. If that's, yeah, what your intent, if that's what your intent is. And since your episode on Randy Orton, I've been going down a Randy Orton hole. I got a bunch coming in the mail. I've been buying Randy Orton cards up. So. I mean, I, I, think, I, th I think he's probably of the rookie class of 2002. So like that, he's probably the most undervalued from that that set. Oh, I mean, uh, who, who makes who makes the least? No, maybe Batista makes a little bit less than him, doesn't doesn't he? Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which which is mind boggling to me because he's such a crossover appeal in so many different markets now. He's not just uh, oh, it's Dave Batista mm. from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's Dave Batista from you know James Bond. Oh, it's you know, it's it's weird to me that uh he hasn't crossed over in that in that respect yeah i actually yeah. i mean i i pulled a pretty uh a number to 25 batista auto from the select box i pulled and i was surprised how hard it was to move that at what i thought was a price comparable to some of the other things i saw selling i did eventually sell it at a price that i was super happy with um but i mean that's a really good example that i just kind of had firsthand so yeah, yeah. it's just weird to me that there's certain stars like that and uh we're not really, um, I don't know, would you guys say that, that the market still is dominated by women wrestlers right now? Yeah. For sure. I mean, and yeah. listen, and I'm not knocking it, right? You know, because, I mean, I fall victim to it. I, I've collected, <laughs> you know, Liv Morgan cards, you know, because, I mean, listen, she's gorgeous. I think she's a fun character. and But you find her gorgeous and she's a hot blonde. What differentiates her from being the top dollar one? And But Alexa Bliss is. Well, you know, that's a tough question. Um, the NW, and here's it's she, the NWO the shirt. That's yes, what it is. I, I can explain why. So for, for me, Liv Morgan, I, I the first time I like she stood out to me was when she shared on Twitter um, the picture of her wearing the NWO shirt for I think they were promoting the, the video game mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. I saw that picture and I was blown away. And again, it was gorgeous, right? You know, not going to, you know, make any. I'm going to go uh, rehash right now. Guys, go ahead. I'm going to go rehash. Yeah, definitely look that up. Oh, definitely so I, look it up. Oh, I yeah. saw that, and then I started in a group chat. I, I was saying, uh, um, uh, Justin and our buddy, our buddy Dave, who uh, big Seth Rollins collector. I was like blown away by that, and next thing I knew, I started want, paying more attention to her career. Damn, bought a card and, and went from there. Now, um, you know, it helps that I, I actually do enjoy her character and I enjoy the things she does. In the ring, she's definitely not the greatest wrestler of all time, but I enjoy what she's saying. I hope her title run goes a little bit better than it has been. But so I'm definitely not knocking that. And it, it's just interesting when you really think about, you know, what drives popularity, right? It's not only just success and, and, and wrestling success is measured in all different ways. It's not just by what you can do in the ring because it's all predetermined, right? So the popularity of things is driven by a lot of different factors. And looks is really part of it, though, because I mean, mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, Tony, you started collecting Dexter Loomis because you liked his look. Just as look, is, just, just right. in the look. Hey, look it looks is awesome. that different yeah. than liking Liv Morgan's look, even though, you know, it's it's the blondness and, and sure. you know, in my opinion, how how attractive she is. So, you know, there is still that element where the uh, the look in wrestling is important. The look, and we hear it all the time. I mean, Adam Cole gets so body shamed for his look and, and you know, the way that he he comes across in the ring as he doesn't look like a triple H, right? So looks in wrestling is super impactful on popularity. And obviously with women in a male dominated fandom, there's that, you know, natural attraction. Makes sense. I'm just, uh, I was always getting, I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, I guess. Like, it's just always been right. fascinating to see how, you know, two hot blondes, but one is better than the other when it comes to value. And Alexa's a whole different ball game too, where that like, she's still, ranks is like i think right behind austin in terms of um you know the wwe shop sales of of apparel or what you know probably the the doll and all the other different things i mean she's still outside of the card world one of the biggest money bringers in the company and the only one active i mean she's the number one active as far as i'm aware and these numbers could be a little bit outdated but within the last couple of months that was true that she was second to austin 
which is mind-boggling that Nasa's not even a competitor. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, a man, a Mandy Rose gold sold higher than Randy Orton. I mean, granted, the Mandy Rose select card is awesome, but more my, than Orton. My argument against all this is cardboard relevancy, and I see this in sports cards all the time. It's it, it, it parallels sports cards. Um, you know, when you've got uh, Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen or you know uh, Jalen Hurts, like pick a modern quarterback that you've heard anything about in the past six months, whether they're good or bad. And the fact that you can probably go buy some hall of fame quarterbacks that, you know, of like cool nineties insert parallels, numbered stuff, autographs, whatever you name it. The fact that you could probably go buy that stuff for cheaper than these modern guys is the same argument. I think that we're putting here with a Randy Orton versus uh, Liv Morgan. I mean, the right. parallels are just like, it's a no brainer yeah. to me. Then uh, you're right. And I think the only difference is that Randy Orton's still active, you know, but you're absolutely right. You can buy some really nice, like Chains mentioned on his podcast, Patrick Willis cards or something for like 50 bucks versus people yeah. now that are thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, well, going back to the quarterback, too, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes is a really good comparison where Aaron Rodgers, you know, some of his rookie stuff is harder to find. Um, and his career is pretty comparable at this point to where Patrick Mahomes is. But Mahomes is far more expensive to get than an Aaron Rodgers, especially when you take into comparison the, uh, the pop counts, you know, obviously it's two different kind of eras of cards too, but that's a really and, good and, comparison. And a lot more of them too, to compare. I mean, there's a lot more different Aaron Rodgers cards than they're going to be a Patrick Mahomes flat. Not to mention uh, you got Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's, that's speculation though, too. You're prospecting right. now on future right. stuff. like that, So that's where the values keep, uh, can be affected. Also to go back to your point, Shane, though, People like Patrick Mahomes. People don't like Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> the likability, right? Yeah, yeah likability. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Like you're right. The looks, like the right. you know, people like do you, do you know Ultimate Warrior versus you know some jobber. Like right. clearly the looks are different. So uh, same concept. No, you're right. Likability. Yeah. Yeah. And Randy Orton historically, you know, was not a likable guy. I mean, he is now. He seems to have turned it around. But True. What's the Poop, joke we always make about bags. pooping in people's bags? <laughs> yeah. 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 Go a long way to uh, hurting your, your likability, I suppose. Yeah. But I, I still think that people need to, you know, feed, like, I still think people need to learn how to sell and feed into what the market says, doing just what you said, Justin, picking somebody you like and, you know, being able to afford that stuff by selling the stuff that other people want, whether you like it or not. Right. Right. But it just, it's, uh, and, I, I, I don't want to get on a tangent. You guys know me and me and Tony will go all day on this, but I, I still think like if there was more super collectors, which there are in wrestling than there are other sports, I think it would raise the bar and raise the base of all cards, no matter, because if everybody out there is picking a different character and going after everything of that specific character, if you have more than two or three people going after that one character, then it's going to raise even base cards. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah, and wrestling of anything would have super collectors makes more sense because wrestling never ends. You know, again, right. we, we've talked about nostalgia um, and we've also talked about how many times do we go back and watch old moments or pay-per-views or wrestling matches compared to how, how far, how often do we go back and watch Super Bowls or NBA finals? Unless it's oh, in right. a doc documentary style, most of the time we're not watching that stuff. And I would, I would think like I'm in an all day conversation with Shane and another guy, Tim David. I would probably say 80% of our weekly conversation is dominated by old wrestling memories. There you oh, go. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, that's 100%. So, and that's why my argument is if you pick some, you know, you're, you're collecting Asuka, like it doesn't matter what she does in the future, because if this is what you want to collect, it's never going to die because right. all of her footage, even before WWE, you could go out and watch. So yeah. you can always go back to it. And it's more of a focus about the cards the collection and the journey of what you're putting into it than it is who's going to do, who's going to win the championship. What's going to go up. What's going to go down. Like I'm getting to where I just don't care about that stuff anymore. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you on that. Uh, another thing that really kind of separates wrestling too, from, from the other sports is, is the, uh, and you guys have talked about this, but the fact that it's so character driven, you know, you, you can be drawn to a character who is really designed to elicit a reaction from you, whether it's positive or negative, if you're supposed to boo or, or cheer for them. And, and the way that character is designed too, that can start to evolve over time. You know, if, if somebody comes out as a heel and they're such an amazing heel for so long and all of a sudden they become appreciated and loved. I mean, you know, CM Punk is a good example of that. You know, he was a heel, had the pipe bomb 
um, uh, promo. And all of a sudden he was the biggest baby face on the planet at that time. So the way that you can sort of evolve with these characters can really draw you in. That doesn't happen with sports, right? I mean, you know, you're not, you're not really dealing with characters. You're dealing with people who are, you know, playing a game and you're, and you're usually enjoying what they're doing based on their performances um, on the field where that's not necessarily true with wrestling, where you can really just be drawn into someone's character. Like I don't, care i mean i do but you know it doesn't affect my love of bret hart the fact that he lost the iron man match with Shawn michaels right sure. you know that win loss there doesn't really impact the fact that when i look back on my bret hart cards and i get you know transported in, in the past i still have those awesome emotions where i still wish i could get those glasses being one of those kids in the crowd you know that's mm-hmm. always going to be there and it isn't necessarily tied to his his success and my question, oh, wow, look at Shane, at Shane's backdrop with the <laughs> team, team That was WrestleMania. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. Where's the picture of me getting um, tapped out at the sharpshooter with those kids? Oh, I'll change it later. Wait, did you, <laughs> did you actually defend the belt in the parking lot and lose? Yeah, we had a friend in a hey, rush shirt. Hey, it does, it's wrestling. It doesn't matter. You care about the character. <laughs> that's okay? right. People cared about me. Yeah. valid point long, long-term storytelling here <laughs> valid absolutely love it and that wasn't that wasn't his belt either so you can't make fun of him for it yeah it's true <laughs> but the promoter is going to take it from you at the end of the night so he didn't trust exactly you right. yeah had to pay a, a deposit kid. to hang on to it there it is there you go not a great that's show that's... i do like the cm punk tape though it's pretty dope yeah <laughs> that's our buddy zach in the referee shirt yeah that's awesome for those of you watching the video version of this, you're getting to see all of this. All right. So we're very cool. My so. question we're, is we're, we're, we're very cool. Me and Tony have discussed this so much, but I still am going to want Tony's input. This is mainly for Shane and Justin. Uh, you guys have kind of carved your own niche with, I'm going to start with Justin. Come on. You, you collect hockey. No one, no one I know likes hockey. So I was immediately yeah. interested with, okay, this what? guy, this guy, anybody likes hockey. This guy's doing what he wants to do. I'm interested. <laughs> And then I see what Shane's doing and he won't let this 2020 finest set die. He just keeps it going, putting it together. And I'm like, okay, I'm interested in this because again, this is something left of center. I don't see anyone else doing this. So I guess my question is to both to everybody, but mainly to both of you guys, because I haven't, I've presented this thing to Tony before and maybe he has a little bit of a different answer today. Maybe not, but for everybody, like what keeps you going for what you're doing, whether it's the set, whether it's the super collector of whatever, um, you know, pick pick whoever you're collecting. When everybody consistently tells you you're losing money, you're going to stuck quote hold the bag, and you're not. This is not quote investable. Like, what keeps you going despite all of that noise around you? That's in all of this modern hobby that we all have to deal with. What do you care? What I spend my money on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good point. Question. I mean, it's exactly yeah. right down the bottom line. I'm just, I'm, right. just want to say, what do you care? What I spend my money on. If I want to spend a thousand dollars on on a Norman Smiley card, let me yes. spend a thousand dollars Norman Smiley card. Okay, it's my <laughs> money. I can afford to do it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> There's the answer. All right next topic. No, no, I just go ahead. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I just yeah, I take mean, it away. I mean, I don't. I don't I mean, one, affordability is, is a big point of it, right? I mean, I, I started collecting, my first cards I started buying was baseball and it just got out of hand. I couldn't, contr- I couldn't afford the cards I wanted. I'm a big hockey fan, big wrestling fan. Uh, so the affordability was definitely, you know, uh, easy way to get into it. But I just, I just love the cards. I mean, wrestling cards, like you said, the characters, the nostalgia, everything that comes out about it, it just brings you back to different years. Um, hockey. I love hockey. I like the looks of the cards. They're undervalued. I think, um, hopefully with the ESPN deal, they start going up and I can sell some of the ones I don't have. I'm a big Islanders fan. I want to collect some more Islanders. Um, so I'm just trying to get the young guns. I don't know if you, how much you know about hockey cards, but young guns mm-hmm. and the, uh, uh, the future watch autos are, are tend to be the cards, the cards to go after besides the precious metal gems, which is the same in everything Everything else yeah yeah Yeah, everything everything right so i mean i'm just uh it's a little bit of prospecting right so you get a a hobby box and you're trying to get the uh the hot young rookies that are going to come out and what's unique about it is they're they're really base cards that people are collecting i mean the young guns cards are are base cards they're not you know there are some very rare variations like high gloss or or uh the upper deck exclusives but they're base cards and they have a big market for just plain old cards so they're they're easy not easy to get, but they're easier to get than some of the rare parallels and they fetch more money than, than some of them do. Um, I try to stick with the Islanders. There's a couple of players I really like to get my hands on, like Kirill Kaprizov. Um, 
Jason Robertson. I, I just, I just love the cards. They're just, they're fun. They're easy to collect. They're affordable. So you can keep buying boxes if you want to, and not feel like you are throwing money away. Like you can with some of the other hobby boxes and other sports. Everything um, you just said makes me think of why we did this to begin with. Like yeah. you, you liked like people collect the base cards. They like it, but you like it because it's fun. It's your favorite team. Uh, yeah. maybe you do a little bit of speculation, like everything, all of that is like what I was doing when I was like 10 years old buying basketball cards. Yeah. Like it's yeah. the whole reason I did it. Like, yeah. And in, in wrestling, I tend to buy what I want. And in hockey, I tend to do a little bit of some of the speculating more than I do in wrestling because I want to sell those cards, uh, you know, more at cider from the Red Wings are fetching high prices right now, but I could sell that and buy a, a Sorokin goalie future watch card, which is what I want. And I don't have because I haven't pulled one of those and those boxes are like 250, 300 bucks. And I don't want to drop that for five cards. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess, yeah. I mean, you asked specifically about the 2020 finest stuff that I collect, but, but one of the things that you kind of mentioned as you were asking that question that I, I want to make sure I touched on, cause it, it stands out to me. Um, a, what Tony said is true. I mean, I don't worry about what I, I don't care what other people think about what I spend my money on. Uh, but for me, the big thing is, is I'm a collector at heart. That's, I, I don't remember a time in my life that I didn't collect. I collected I mean, everything. I mean, collected comic books. I collected pogs. I collected magic cards. I collected comic books for so long in my life. I can't explain exactly why, but I've always been a collector. Um, so, you know, once I really started to dive into this hobby, into sports cars, and then and then I realized what I um, what I was missing with the wrestling stuff. Uh, the look of the 2020 finest set is what grabbed me first and foremost. I, I saw the first ones in hand; I was blown away by it. And then I started to learn more about it. The checklist is really solid. It's definitely not at the level that the Panini stuff has come out with, you know, recently with the, the amount of legends they have. But that particular set has the legends that I care about, Bret Hart, namely Shawn Michaels, uh, The Rock, Stone Cold. It has some of the massive names that I care about, plus a lot of characters from the current roster that I that are either important to me or to the uh, the um, business as a whole. So those things are is what really drew me into that set. But really, it's the collector mindset that I sort of live with every day, this sort of need to want to get things that look alike for whatever reason and gather them and organize them and put them in, you know, on my desk in ways that look nice. You know, whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is about that, that um, draws me into it. The finest set just became sort of the conduit for that. Now, I, I just have this overwhelming urge to just want to keep getting the, the, the people that are important to me in that set and, and keep adding to it. It just gives me a sense of accomplishment. It gives me a goal. It gives me something every day when I'm going on to eBay and doing my searches. There's something specific for me to look for before I go down the rabbit holes. I don't know. You know, maybe I'm empty inside and this helps fill some, <laughs> some void inside of me. Um, maybe. And, yeah. yeah. Hey, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe. Yeah. So there's a really big hole in there. I'm just jamming cards in there to, to fill. But um, but so that collector mentality, though, just makes me not necessarily care about whether or not other people approve of what I'm collecting. It, it makes me not care about if the prices go up or down necessarily. Um, you know, I definitely don't want to buy a card for $500 and then could have bought it for $140 the next day. I don't sure. want that to happen. But um, But I'm not driven by that just because of whatever the collector, the collector's soul is, I guess. Yep. 100% there with you on that. I mean, even just to prove it, like you're, you're, you consider trading rare cards like the orange for more common cards, like the gold is upgrading, right? Cause you want what you want. You don't necessarily want the rare cards. You want the gold. So yes and no. Um, dude, that sets weird because the gold, <laughs> it the is golds <laughs> are numbered to 50 for the normal set and the number to, or I'm sorry, number to 50 in the extended set and number to 10 in the, in the base. Yeah, that's set. true. So yeah, it's a little true. bit confusing there, but, but I, my sort of um, what I'm after has evolved a little bit. I am at the point where I only want gold or reds or super factors, but I, I haven't yet to see a super factor of one that I would want. There's been one, a, a Dolph Ziggler that's been on uh, eBay for a long time that I keep staring at, but I, it's I don't want to price. This, it's a good price. Yeah, 300 dollars. Somebody's going to steal it now. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of evolved over time. Cause at first I was buying, um, I have a lot of the blacks, which are numbered to 25. So those are pretty rare, but you're right. I would take the number to 50, um, 
although again, that's not actually true because not to go down this weird set, but in the extended set, there's, there is no blacks. There are only golds. Yeah. Uh, gold this this whole suits. set, like trying to keep weird. track of everything is weird. Yeah. It's, it's almost infuriating. Like I don't, I mean, it's a lot of wrestling that? sets like that, even transcendent. There's like five one one ones, isn't there? There's like a red and a gold and then reds yeah. and the supers that they have. Well, there's, in a, there's, there, a, but... there's a red and, a, and like a red and a blue with the blue thin lines. And there's a blue and a <laughs> right. red with, with a thick blue right. lines. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that weird diatribe there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, as for as long as I can remember, uh, I've collected something, whether it be like same with you, comics, figures, uh, hell, I even did coins and stamps and, mm. and, and dollar bills and, I mean, one of my earliest memories uh, on this big giant rock is uh, uh, ha having a, an old refrigerator box that my dad brought home from the refrigerator. I cut a door out of it and a window because I got to I got to breathe and be able to see my, you know, my office outside, you know, being uh, five years old and then taking my marbles and some of my uh, whatever collect cards and uh, not even cards, but any uh, toys that I had. And I would trade them or sell them to other people so I can go get something that I really wanted. Nice. Nice. Uh, and that's awesome. how I got, I would go and take, you know, all the aluminum cans and paper and recycle that. That was my money to go out and get the things that I wanted to buy. And then if I didn't get, like when I got in the cards of the young age baseball card, I didn't get what I liked. I would just sell those cards or trade them off for, to get my Johnny bench or my Jim Palmer. So like that, I want whatever it may be. Sure. Um, so it's, it's collecting has always been part of my blood. My wife gives me all kinds of grief. Uh, I'm sitting here with my son and showing him cards or uh, he gets a new toy. I'm like, you got to keep that in pristine condition, kid. You can't really play with that. You know, don't, don't lose all the pieces because it's worth nothing later. <laughs> I mean, she's like, he's not, stop it. Stop it. He can play with it. He's a kid. But it just sticks in with me. I mean, just that's who I am. I've always been that way. One thing that keeps me going that I've actually just kind of more recently started thinking this way is the more I see um, random nineties NBA collectors mm. or early two thousands and stuff from my, I sell too. like, I'll buy a collection. Uh, and all of a sudden I see like a Steve Francis refractor relic in there. And like, it, it sells instantly for like, you know, 30, 40 bucks, which you're, you know, who, who's a Steve Francis fan, right. Tracy McGrady, Stefan Marbury, like all of these names that people knew. And I'm like, I'm like, there's still a collector base out there for this. And these guys haven't played in years. And that like that right there drives me to even further do what I want to do, whether it's popular or not, because it, it like the chase is always going to be there for what you're mm -hmm. wanting to do. And what you know there's even a lot of junk wax era stuff base cards that still sell really well on my ebay store and there still seems to be a demand for this stuff so all of that combined it just makes me think like whatever i'm picking i don't care about setting comps i don't care what anyone thinks i'm just gonna do what i want to do and as long as i'm having fun and as long as it's still a continuing journey and something that i can put together shane it's like you said having a goal and just continuing to work at that every single day like i'm just gonna keep doing it and you know, I've got I, I've I've got the whole All Star set trying to get that upgraded to signed yeah. copies, but of course the Killer Cross stuff, and then he comes back on TV and everything just explodes. And <laughs> um, you know, making plays on trying to get all the super fractors that have surfaced, which I'm pretty close at the time of recording, still working on one right now. But it's just I'm having more fun doing that than I have. And you know, I, I was just hoping you guys had the same feeling for the lanes that you're choosing. Uh, I mean, yeah, without question. I, I mean, so I, I was I was recently on the um, the Cousins Collectibles podcast. Great, great show that people yeah. should check out. It's it's definitely it's not wrestling specific. It's much more hobbies um, broad. But they asked me the, a question at the end where um, if I could give advice or anything of that nature uh, to other people who are just getting the hobby. And and really, the path I went down was once I evolved to a point in my collecting that I, I started to have those goals and those driving factors. And, and I was, and I was going down a lane of things that I really wanted to collect and, and really started to, to stop letting any of that noise come in. And I just placated to my, my collector mentality. That's when I definitely became the happiest doing this is when I started having the most fun and feeling the most fulfilled in this hobby. Um, so I, I mean, I definitely feel very similar. And I think there's a, there's a, you know, you can be educated, like go out and get as much information as whatever it is you're into, whether it's learning checklists at wrestlingtradingcards.com, whether it's 
learning parallels or Shane, I mean, it's like you said, if somebody comes into 2020 finest and like, where do I start? Because these parallels Mm -hmm. don't match prism, which is what I used to be into before I came into wrestling, you know, an example like that. So I think, you know, consuming content of whatever it is you like, whether it's, you know, Pokemon sports cards, wrestling, like whatever it is. And then, you know, taking that information, funneling it down into what you do and applying it to that. And then not being, not being afraid of whatever happens from that point forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, the content is, is huge. Cause I mean, that content was a huge impact on me when I, when I really started to dive into this and I've told this story about how, when I realized there wasn't content that was speaking to me is why I started my podcast and blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, somebody had just recently asked this question or shared something and, and maybe, maybe it was one of you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but somebody was asking the question about like, how do you, um, like different creators or different voices out there that influence you versus different voices and different content out there that inspires you in the hobby. Right. And those are mm-hmm. two very different things. You know, being influences where somebody's telling you that um, Baker Mayfield cards last year are going to go through the roof. So you go out and buy one, hoping to make a, a buck or whatever versus someone um, like you guys that are, you know, collecting things that you just love. I mean, you, I wouldn't argue that either one of you were um you know shilling or you know whatever the the loomis or the cross stuff but you guys are passionate about it. i mean so passionate that i mean cross tweeted you at one point you know i mean how cool is that i mean that's inspirational yeah. from a from a collecting standpoint you know to to just chase something for whatever reason that you have to want to do it and enjoy it that's inspirational and that's sort of the stuff that you can you can really find if you you know get out there and take in different content and go on you know the different social media platforms and, and find other like-minded individuals um, but yeah, trying to, trying to sort of differentiate between being influenced and inspired is, is I think an important thing to try to get to. Tony, I'm having the most, I'm having the most fun ever collecting right now. I mean, I'm, Same. I'm a longtime wrestling card collector since the, you know, the mid to late eighties. So, um, for me, it's like, I, I got out of the hobby when tops took over license in 0506 timeframe, tried those first couple of sets, bought a lot of the chrome the first uh chrome, mm. so that's why i have a whole bunch of it sitting back there and now it's worth something but um i uh I, I found my passion again once i relaunched wtc and my hobby as i've said before in other podcasts other episodes that we've done my hobby really lies in the informational side of this hobby now that's where my hobby and uh my my biggest thrill is right now i get the most joy out of People saying, oh, I use your website all the time. Uh, you know, I, I get great joy when I, ha- I get an email from PSA saying, we need to get more information about this uh, particular card that we have here. I'm a researcher for da-da-da-da. Uh, I, I get joy out of that, that people are actually using the website and taking it for all the years of research that was put into it. That's my biggest thing. But then I got back into collecting again, where I was like, oh, I'm going to do Kurt Angle stuff because, you know, I have a connection there. And then I was like, I'm going to pick somebody random. You know, hey, Zan's doing cross. I, same time I said, you know what, I'm going to do uh, take a cue from him. I'm going to pick this Nazi looking guy and I'm going <laughs> to, and, uh, you know, sure enough, I, Kurt, I don't Kurt bald. You got the blonde hair on Loomis, you know, Ooh, just going that look. Oh, man. conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah, there we go. So now you, Oh, I got to rethink my collection now. Um, so, but you know what? Just but, lean into it. Yeah, you got a lot, of right, a lot of hide and write cards in there or what? Well, let me see. Eat off. Oh, no, so I'm, um, not now, yeah, so, but now that you brought it up, now I brought it up. No, um, but I'm having fun. Like I, I was telling my wife because she's just like, oh, another another card in the mail today, kind of thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I said, but I said, but how do you understand? Like, I used to be a master set collector. So when Fleer was had it, when Comic Images, I had all that stuff. You name it, from Fleer and Comic Images and Artbox and all that stuff, and even the first top set when it came out, uh, the first hair, I had all of it all of it. There wasn't a card I didn't have. Uh, and then when the parallel started becoming a thing even more, I kind of fell out of love with that. And, you know, I had other life things that were going on, but the love of collecting still came in. And I've always uh, kind of just took a little while to navigate, to kind of check out the waters and see which way I wanted to go. And then meeting people like Zan uh, kind of helped me refocus. Like, you know what? I can become a player collector for the first time. And I do it and I'm having a ton of fun doing it. I don't care if he came back to TV or not. I pick someone. I'm enjoying the, the, the hunt, the thrill, the chase, yep. and going out and getting that. And when I get it, I, I, I have just as much love and appreciation for it as I did when I had a complete 98 comic images set. So it's just, I, I, I love it. And it's, I'm having a lot of fun. 
So I, I know you say that you don't care that, you know, they come back, but I mean, do you guys secretly consider yourselves the greatest wrestling prospectors of all time now? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think uh, I have to be a hundred percent honest. That's gotta be David Peck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not really prospecting, but sure. you know, that guy was on the blowout forums and preaching uh, to everybody about wrestling cars before we were even, you know, thought about doing content. So, right. Right. I don't know. So Loomis and Cross, that's pretty impressive. It, it is. I, 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 <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I kind of had a figure. I mean, when, when Cross came back, like, that was kind of like, eh, that's a no-brainer. I mean, I, why wouldn't he come back? I mean, he is that kind of like at presence. Like that was kind of a stupid move. And I was like, oh, well, you know, Loomis got cut. I was like, I can see that. <laughs> and then, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And then I, I get a message like that. It's like, hey, congratulations. I go, for what? I, I, I don't I don't watch the product. I had no idea. Right. And it's like and I start seeing these tweets like, you know, oh, morning and Vela seem to be like, like you know, like, yeah. they, they seem to they could have lucked out. They won the lottery here. Like, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And I go, Oh, I guess Loomis came back like that. And I kept getting these messages like, Congratulations. I go, What did I win? You know, just send me money. Just send me money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Loomis thing actually happened when you when you and I were recording my my podcast, actually. I think right. we, I do it on Monday nights. I think it happened while we were talking. <laughs> which is yeah, pretty I'm, hilarious i'm like oh what's going on here i thought again whether he came back or not it's not going to prevent me from sure. collecting because i'm having fun doing i pick my lane i'm sticking to it matter of fact i collect way more loomis stuff than i do kurt angle stuff i have i can't remember the last time i bought a kurt angle card well the national i bought those uh printing plates because they were there but mm. otherwise it's I'm, I'm always scouring for loomis stuff like and i'm have I'm, they been harder to find since he came back uh, I've noticed a little bit of pricing increase on certain people trying to go like, Oh, well, he's back. So therefore I'm yeah. going to mm. raise my price. Like I had a, a card on my watch list that was like, you know, $12 for a, like some kind of a parallel. So like that, that was kind of teetering. I have one already, but I'm like, I still <laughs> want more, you know, kind of thing. Like how cool would it be to have like all 10 of them, you know, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. 10 through 10 of 10, you know? And so like, I'm, I'm kind of in that zone with certain cards right now. And also they went up to 23 bucks. Yeah. That's that's nice. Nice. So they, same with the cross stuff, but um, Tony's already been having a little bit of this, and this is what's going to affect me. Is now I've got to start like preemptively selling to try to jump into the cross era of Panini to yep. buy the black one of ones yeah, the sure. because I'm going to have I'm I'm going after those. Like I, if I got to sell all my rock stuff to be able to fund it, <laughs> so be it. Don't care. Amazing. Like, I, oh me, man, I'm, I'm I having, love that. Yeah, I don't love that. So much play. fun. I'm having so much fun with that stuff. Like. I never thought I'd be a parallel guy at ever at all. Yeah. But when you're going, you're like one card short, baby of that revolution. Pair of <laughs> yep. rainbow, one card short of a revolution. That's all I need. One more. I'm like, I'm going after it. I have to, it's just, it's the thrill is fun. I don't care what anybody else says. Mm. I don't care. Say I'm wasting my money kind of to tie all this up. What our topic here is. I don't care. I'm just having fun doing it. I'm having total fun doing it. And ain't nobody going to stop me short of him actually becoming a Nazi. I, I probably, <laughs> I, I'm gonna continue to keep to continue to keep on collecting him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a that'd be a killer. I like yeah. that you have a line though that you will not cross. Yeah. You will I not cross a line. a line in a Nazi. I love how you, you hit killer and you said cross. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Unbelievable. That's That's subliminal. Yeah. Subliminal. Oh man, is this Tony, the most times Nazi's been said on your guys' show? I don't think so. Probably. No, oh, I, I don't think so because we, we've talked a lot about uh, Loomis and uh, Tony's thoughts on it's, his appearance it's, but... It's, it's, but it's not my thing it wasn't my no it's my wife today and I, I can't i see it now and i'm like same so i oh i so i just i'm gonna just just share this real quick so i i got a couple cards because he was before he was loomis he was sam shaw yeah tna tna so yeah. uh chuckster love the guy greatest guy in the hobby i think is chuckster uh was so nice went out and uh picked me up you know this autograph card to go with my other one. Oh, wow. So now I that have is not the same guy. That's he looks crazy. so different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, the, this is the guy right here, people. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> holy so, moly. So I, I posted because now I have, I have number 50 of 50 and number one of 50. <laughs> oh, and, they're all and, 50. Uh, yeah. 48 in between. He, he got a one of 50. And so he, uh, my wife goes, looks and goes, oh, that's a much better look for him there. He should have got that. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, since you're talking, it's your topic. Uh, I, I, I just put this together this afternoon. I really wanted to change course a little bit because I was, um, you know, you know my thoughts, Zan, on this whole grading, things like that. I, hey, I, if we got time, you might as well squeeze two topics in. I'm not going to squeeze this. It, it, this is a whole episode all by itself just because uh -huh. I, I just, uh, 
I'm on that. I walk that fence of like when it comes to grading, where I see the the, the Gelman aspects of it, of like the need of the transparencies. And I see the PEC aspects of it, of like, well, if you want to have the, you know investments be at, at ultimate value, this is kind of where you. Um, I, I get both sides, but there's a thing with the grading. I, I don't want to get into it. So uh, <laughs> I'm very uh, intrigued. Yeah, so am I now. <laughs> my 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 original topic here was basically to talk about. Uh, we're beyond the second half of the year now. So, um, and I was just wondering, uh, you know, taking only wrestling cards in consideration, I don't want to care about any other markets. And I know other markets are up and down, whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, what are people's thoughts on the market today versus where it was beginning of the year? You know, I mean, I know price points have, have mostly kind of settled in some respects, but we're still seeing some good numbers, you know, on a lot of the modern stuff right now. Uh, you know, vintage continues to keep pushing, you know, new heights a lot. Um, you, know, you know, where do you think this trend is going to continue? You think it's going to continue? Uh, you know, and then with that said, are we going to like see any duds? Because prisons have been knocking out of the park with each release they put out. I mean, uh, Panini has with each release they put out. Uh, it just keeps getting better and better. Do you think the NXT 2.0 will be its first dud? Mm. That's a good question. The NXT so I, one. I definitely have some thoughts on this topic. Um, so I, I, my my timing's a little bit fuzzy in my head, just because you know a lot's happened in just a, such a short span of time. It feels like in the wrestling card world. But if when I go back to when I first started to really fall into wrestling cards, um, I had come across on Instagram. I eventually acquired it fairly recently. I talk about it a lot, but um, somebody had reached out to a whole bunch of different collectors, uh, uh, DJ Wavy, uh, Wavy Sports Cards, reached out to a whole bunch of different people on, on Instagram with a, a number to five 2020 finest Bret Hart. I saw on that card yep. and I went, yeah, yeah, it's right yeah, right there. I saw that card and I was immediately blown away, but and he was asking advice. You know, what do you think this card is worth? So I wanted the card and, but I was going to do an honest, um, an honest, uh, assessment as best I could. Obviously it's a hard card to price, right? A number to five, good luck finding comps on it. But I did a lot of gymnastics to try to figure out what it might be worth. And, and ultimately what I was able to do was comp out what a Roman reigns number to five finest went for. Don't quote me on this because I, I don't have the numbers, but it was something like $300 that that card sold for. So then I went over to um, Tops Transcendent, which had recently come out at that time and comped out what a, what a similar Roman Reigns sold for versus a Bret Hart. And then just kind of did percentage wise, how different was it, whatever. And I came to a number that I thought the Bret Hart was worth. Um, so I sent him that number, whatever. It took a long time, many, many months before I finally bought the card from him after he, he had it graded. In that time, I think, um, I think the Roman Reigns gold granted gold has a little bit of a premium to it. I think it sold for something like close to a thousand dollars. It was like 300 for that Roman reigns red and fairly recently closer to a thousand dollars. I don't know. I don't think it was public the way it sold. So I'm kind of guessing where it actually sold that Roman reigns gold. But I think that even outside of the Panini stuff, we've seen an obvious rise where we've definitely hit a new floor. Now, some of the Roman stuff has gone up and down. I think Roman is really one of the best uh, examples to use because he's active and he's in the midst of building this legacy, um, you know, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes or whatever. So we've definitely seen his prices go up and down. As somebody who collects finest stuff, I've seen the price of a of the black autograph sell for about 400 and I was able to get it a little bit later for 250 That's number to 25 That's still selling close to what the number five was selling for many, many months ago. So all that really, I think we've reached a new floor. We've definitely risen up in this part of the year, you know, halfway through this uh, year now, as, as, as you pointed out where we're at. So we're in a good spot, I believe. I believe that we're starting, that the ships are rising, you know, however you want to put it. And I do think that Panini had a, a, an impact on that. Prism obviously brought a lot of different eyes and we saw prices really skyrocket around that time. And while a lot of prices came back down, again, that new floor has been set. So I, I think we're definitely at a, at a better point in terms of not seeing prices go to zero. I agree. Yeah, a lot Justin, more consistent. I would say a lot more consistency is, is what I'm seeing a lot and more affordable, you know, there's still expensive cards, but it's consistent. You can kind of have a little better idea of what you're going to pay for these cards versus the prism madness. My thing is I'm starting to see more of a collector base. And what I mean by that is uh, me and Tony talked about AEW kicked it off this mm -hmm. year. We saw what may, you know, we were talking about how wrestling fans aren't collecting. I think we started seeing a lot of these like diehard AEW fans that hate WWE so much 
they they came out of the woodwork and they're like i want everything aew i want the shirts i want the figures Mm -hmm. i want the cards so that's what kicked it off and then i think there's a there's a small segment of those people that actually transitioned into i want to go buy you know like if i like adam cole kyle o'reilly cm punk daniel bryan whoever like that used to be in wwe i'm gonna go buy their tops cards Mm -hmm. so maybe they started going that way and then the modern stuff like panini has just knocked it out of the park as far as strictly what i'm seeing a reaction from the people buying the card so like i love the images i love these parallels even though there's a ton of them um i really haven't heard too many people outside of the you know the whole prism fiasco i haven't heard too many people saying oh well this shouldn't sell for this much or this isn't worth that much people are just like hey you know this is cool i want it i'll buy it or hey i sold it for this this is what it sold for cool and it's it's more of a focus on like the images and uh, wrestling fans seem to be a little bit more, um, I guess, they, they're reacting to the parallels a little bit better with Panini than I feel like they used to with Tops because it used to, and, and maybe that's just an old way of collecting. We got new collectors in here. Maybe we've got sports card people that know how parallels and numbered mm. stuff works and they're coming into wrestling and you know being able to adapt a lot easier. But I just think the collector base as a whole has grown exponentially even within a year ago. Cause me and Tony, we would talk about like, you know, Oh, this card sold for a thousand dollars. And that was like, kind of, uh, you know, not, not a big deal, but something we hadn't seen. And now we're seeing these, you know, with the select release, like there's several four figure cards that aren't even that big a card, just boom, 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 boom. Selling. Mm-hmm. So, so there's people out there now willing to spend at least four figures on a regular basis on wrestling cards. Like the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think too the Panini specifically obviously has a huge impact on, on this year that we've seen. But something that is really promising was after the, the Prism fiasco, and, and really the biggest fiasco there was was the initial prices of those boxes. I mean, it's been well documented, so I'm not gonna go into it too much, but you're talking eight hundred bucks when it was uh brand new on, on blowout, it got up to like fifteen hundred, whatever. And we've seen those prices plummet down to I, I saw some, I think Justin and I saw 350 bucks at the national for a, a box of prism. Yeah. Revolution was way more um reeled in. Now, granted, revolution is not a brand name that has that sort of appeal, but select is select is a huge, huge name in the collecting world. Now it's it's definitely second to prism in terms of a flagship sort of mainstream product. You know, it's, it's definitely not Prism. It's kind of like it's little brother or whatever. But Select is a big name that can draw a lot of excitement. And the fact that that came out, um, I think a day it released was like $225, maybe $200. Has it gone down? I even seen about $175, $150, right? Those numbers just make so much more sense for what you're getting. So you're but not you're getting definitely that get a lot more bang for your buck in that respect by far, oh, yeah. by far, by it's far, it's, it's, it's a package product. That's just kind of, it hits every single point right on with design appeal, yep. price point, mm-hmm. what you're getting for your money. Right. Uh, I mean, it, the only complaints I've heard are, are going to be from people who are like, well, I, it's so difficult to complete a base set. And I, sure. and I totally get that. Um, and, and they're, and they're right. But yeah. other than that, I mean, everything else, I mean, you guys are like, this is the bestest part of the year. It's this, it's that. It's like, there's an argument for that. Yeah. Shane, you spoke about revolution though. Something interesting. The wrestling car community seemed to absolutely love revolution yep. for mm. the, for what it is, as opposed to it's like almost bottom of the barrel for sports cards when revolution right. comes <laughs> out. So once again, another difference that is interesting that we're seeing with wrestling card collectors. Yeah, I got to admit, I'm not a big fan of the revolution stuff yet. <laughs> I like it. it that, I look at it and I see though, it. with the, the shoulder stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. Is, is pretty dope. I look at yeah. it and I, I was like, man, it's like a poor man's finest for me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm a finest snob, I guess. I don't know. Poor man. So, um, such, a, <laughs> such an elitist. Going back to wow, Tony's yeah. question about NXT, I think, yeah, you know, I, I don't mm. know. Like, I, I feel like NXT's really lost a lot of luster within just popularity. Yeah. So maybe I mean, maybe Triple it, H it, taking over might bring it back up. Maybe. It's possible. Um, it, yeah. I don't. What What's going to be interesting though is we still see the Panini Instant cards do really well of some of the lesser named people too, and there's nothing mm-hmm. flashy about those cards. So maybe these NXT yeah. cards are just going to be popular based because 
people love the panini products now sure. and if they can get it at a good price it's something they can afford and open then they're going to go for it maybe i don't even know even prices on some of that stuff doesn't seem to matter with them i mean i mean who would have thought that that pat mccaffey car would like sell out yeah like that, you know mm. that, you know i love I'm it though i, I, I love that people seeing, are yeah, willing to see those print runs are going to be for that card yeah i, I just I mean, love NXT, that people NXT are box is 80 bucks a box so i mean it's almost like even if it's not popular, it's not like sure. you'll spend a lot of money on it. The only thing that'll kill it for me is if they have the match cards in there. Those, there's so many of those yeah. in the top sets, it ruined it. Yeah, yeah no, that yeah. was a huge complaint about like the tops. I think the last tops women's set, right? Mm-hmm. The women's division set was just like match women's card division, NXT. Um, some of the flagship stuff was like that. It was just right. so many match matches and moments cards. I mean, yeah. for me, for me too, it kind of. I mean, maybe this is just speaking to my age and I, I don't know what it is, but like when, when you omit the, the legends, I'm definitely less interested. You know, when the checklist doesn't have that for me, it, it doesn't, I, I'm not as inclined to want to go in and collect it. And, um, and same thing when, with the women's, the women's sets, like I, something about collecting just one division makes me feel like it's just, I, I don't know. It's almost a niche within a niche within a niche, yeah. I guess. Um, and it doesn't appeal to me the same way as, as a more traditional release does. I mean, even 2021 tops finance, you didn't like as much because there really isn't the that many legends. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the design, I heard a lot yeah. of people didn't like the design on that, but I, yeah, I, no, could, I tried to get into the design and I, I, again, I'm an elitist, I guess. Um, <laughs> you like, you like what you like. Yeah. I, I'm curious though. And then what do you guys think about, you know, we just touched on the NXT, but what now, what about the releases that we've seen for the Immaculate set coming out? That's going to have the first Panini on-card auto, which is pretty awesome. That's going to be pretty popular. Cross Immaculate cards. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> when is that release? They have a date for that yet? I, I, I haven't so. seen it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, let you guys plug anything you want. Let everybody know where they can find you and promote everything you got. Shane, kick it off. Yeah. Um, you can see it all over my background if you're watching this on YouTube, but, uh, you know, I'm sports card, nobody podcast. Find me wherever you, you do your podcasting. You can find me on uh, Instagram at sports card. Nobody. I'm on Twitter at sport card. Nobody. And you can find me here on the uh, world's collide podcast too. Justin, just Instagram suplexes and slap shots. That's where you can find me. That name sells your account. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Just it's need pretty to go direct. Follow based on the name. Yeah. And, you know, and you know, the Omos you know picture. Is. The yeah, Omos picture is really, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was my big poll is the Omos <laughs> of 10. <laughs> Tony. I'm not on the internet yet, so I'll let you guys know. Um, no, it's uh, WrestlingTradingCards.com. It's just a passing fad. WrestlingTradingCards.com. All social media links are uh, on the, and how to contact on the bottom of every single page. And you can find me at Zane Morning on most all social platforms, Wrestling With Cards on YouTube, and of course, here on Worlds Collide. Thank you guys for coming on the show today and your time. Thanks for what you guys do for the wrestling car community. All three of you, even though I talk to Tony every single week on here. Thanks again to Tony, everybody with WTC behind the scenes, doing all the checklists, anybody that is really just pushing wrestling cards further and further to, you know, grow the pie bigger, so to speak. So until next week, thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave a review and keep collecting, having fun. Cause if you're not doing that, it's no point. And wrestling cards rule. We'll see you. Amen. Thank you.